So since I've been working from home a lot recently, my kids have seen me in work mode a whole lot more. Uh, they've seen me preparing for sermons, doing the online videos and, and our online Bible studies. And I caught Connor at my desk pretending to be me the other day. Check this out. Hi everybody, I hope you have your Bible and we are going to have some fun. I hope you have your Bibles for John 1813. Let's begin. I have no idea where the sunglasses came from, but I think he nailed pretty much the rest of it. See, there's a principle here that patterns follow proximity. Pattern, the behaviors, our habits, our actions, our attitudes follow who we are close to and close with. Pattern follows proximity. My kids, the closer they are to me, become more and more like me. The same is true in our relationship with Jesus. The closer we are to Jesus, the more we become like him. We've been studying and walking through the early church in the book of Acts, and we see that same principle play out, that pattern follows proximity. In fact, there's a verse in, in Acts chapter 4 we're going to look at, one sentence actually, that shows us and describes what those patterns are, that if we really are close to Jesus, then these things are evident. It's obvious we're close to Jesus because of these patterns that are present in our lives. But before we see those, we have to see the scene that walks up to it. We have to look at the context. So starting in Acts chapter 2, the church begins and it is growing. It is thriving. It is an exciting time for the early church. They started at 120 people, grew to 3,000 people, and now at 5,000 people. People are amazed. People are excited. In Acts chapter 3, we see a miracle happen. The first miracle uh, where they interact with somebody else outside of the church. Peter and John are on their way into the temple and there's a man that's on the side of the road who's paralyzed and he's asking, begging people for money. He asked Peter and John, two of the apostles, ask them for money. And Peter says this, and many of you might even be familiar with what he says. Peter says, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ, stand up and walk. And immediately this man is healed. He stands up, he jumps up and starts praising the name of Jesus. Everybody around them sees what has happened and they start celebrating and they start praising the name of Jesus. Everyone is excited, except the religious leaders. And that's where we're gonna pick our story up. Acts chapter four, starting in verse one. Here's the scene. The priests and the captain of the temple guards and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people, proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They seized Peter and John, and because it was evening, they put them in jail until the next day. So it was a difficult time for the church. In fact, really their first major difficulty, not their last, this would be the first of many. So now Peter and John are in jail because, of they, because they were preaching the name of Jesus. Verse 5, the next day, the rulers, the elders, and the teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. It says, Annas the high priest was there, and so was Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and others of the high priest's family. They had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. By what power or what name did you do this? Now this is an intense scene. Notice if you, if you see the priests and, and the religious leaders that were arrested, that had arrested and are now having Peter and John stand before them, those are the same religious leaders that had arrested and put Jesus on trial. 
difficult situation for sure. Verse 8, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame, in other words, the miracle that was just, uh, that just took place, it said, and if we're being asked how he was healed, verse 10, then know this. In other words, don't mishear us. Be certain of this. You and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man standing before you has been healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. There, Peter's actually quoting the Old Testament to the religious leaders. Verse 12, he ends with, Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name given under heaven by which we must be saved. Pretty bold, isn't it? Again, we've seen this before, but again, we see the courage and the confidence and the boldness of Peter as he begins to speak these words basically in a courtroom. And here we come to verse 13 that verse that I mentioned earlier, this one sentence that how they are described, how Peter and John are described, is gonna point us to what these patterns are that can be evident in your life and in my life that shows that we're close to Jesus. Here they are, see if you can pick them out. Verse 13, when they, talking about the religious leaders, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. See, there was something very specific that the religious leaders saw in Peter and John that made them stand out, that set them apart, that proved to them that they most certainly, without a doubt, were close with Jesus. Those three patterns, the patterns that follow proximity, three patterns in their life that proved that they had been with and were close to Jesus. The first one said that they saw their courage. Not that the religious leaders had heard of their courage. They saw it with their own eyes. They not just saw them preaching the name of Jesus, but they saw them stand up in this courtroom proclaiming the name of Jesus. I'm sure you've heard the phrase, the very common phrase, actions speak louder than, what is it? Words. Same is true here. That's what courage is. When our actions match our words. So let's ask that of you and me. Do your actions match your words? That's courage for you and me. The pattern of courage is when our actions match our words. So there's the first pattern that they saw. It was evident that they were close to Jesus because they had a pattern of courage. The second part, when they saw the courage of Peter and John, they realized that they were unschooled, meaning untrained. They weren't prepared for this. They weren't ready for this. They weren't educated for this. This is not what Peter and John were used to. No, they were not used to, they were not trained to be in a courtroom with high priests and elite religious leaders and teachers of the law debating theology. That's not what they were used to. Peter and John would have been used to this, the lake. They would have been used to the water and boats and, and fishing because they were fishermen on the Sea of Galilee. They would have grown up around the water. Most likely, they would have been one of many family members that made their living as fishermen. That's what they were used to. That's where they were comfortable. Not this courtroom with religious leaders. In fact, it was a scene like this. Here we're at Lake Lanier, but Lake Lanier and the Sea of Galilee are actually very, very similar, almost the same size, in fact. And it was on the Sea of Galilee, in their place of comfort, in their normal day-to-day -day life, that they decided to follow Jesus. 
Luke chapter 5 tells us that scene. As Peter and John and other fishermen were on the Sea of Galilee fishing, Jesus shows up. And after these fishermen had not caught any fish, Jesus tells them, throw your nets on the other side of the boat. They do so and literally catch a boatload of fish. And when that happens, I want you to see the decision that they make. Luke chapter 5, starting in verse 9. For he, talking about Simon Peter, for he and all of his companions were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so were James and John. There's John, so we have Peter and John in this scene. The sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon Peter, Do not be afraid. From now on you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore. Look at this next part. They left everything and followed him. Simon Peter, John, these other partners, these other fishermen, left what was normal for them, left what was comfortable for them, left everything that they knew and they were used to, to follow Jesus. See, Jesus meets us where we are, but he doesn't leave us there. He leads us to something new and something different. Sometimes, I would even say most likely, out of our comfort zone. That's what we see with Peter and John. They did it back in Luke chapter 5, and we see it again here in Acts chapter 4, that they had to leave what was comfortable, what they were used to, what they knew, to something that was so different, down a path that they were not trained for, that they were not prepared for. And that was noticeable by the religious leaders. So what is a new norm? What is a new normal that you need to step into? That's a phrase that we've been using a lot recently, isn't it? Back to normal that we're ready for life to get back to normal. And yes, there are so many parts of life that I'm ready to get back to normal, but I don't want us to miss an important part, an important part of actually deciding, well, what should we go back to normal with? And maybe what are some new normals we should step into? Because what I don't want you to do is to go back to normal just because it's comfortable. So what is something new that Jesus might be leading you into? What is an area that you're currently comfortable in that Jesus is ready to call you out of, to leave your comfort zone and to step into something new that he is calling you to do? My wife, Becky and I, we've been having this very same conversation. Again, we're excited and ready for some parts of life to get back to normal, but we've identified several parts of our own life and our marriage and our family, some of our new rhythms that we said, you know what, when life gets back to normal, we're not gonna go back to the way things were in these areas. So I'd encourage you to think through those as well. Think through your marriage and your parenting, work, how you're spending your money, how you're spending your time, your spiritual life, all your relationships. What is something new that Jesus is calling you to step into? That's pattern number two. The first one is the pattern of courage, having our actions match our words. The second pattern is a pattern of stepping out of what's comfortable and into something new, following Jesus wherever he calls you to go, even if you're not prepared. We say that, don't we? Well, I'm not prepared. I'm not ready. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I'm not good at this. All of those could have been excuses that Peter and John used, just like you and I tend to use them today. But don't let that keep you from following Jesus into something new. So we have the pattern of courage. When they saw the courage of Peter and John, they realized that they were unschooled, they weren't trained, they weren't prepared for this, but they also saw that they were ordinary men. You see, even though Peter and John's life had been radically and drastically changed, that was obvious, but they were still ordinary 
people. They were still ordinary guys. They were fishermen at heart. See, we see a pattern where God loves to use the plain Janes and the average Joes. He loves to use ordinary people to show off his glory and his power. We see that throughout the Bible, Old Testament, all the way into the New Testament here and into our lives as well. Think back of Moses, an ordinary guy that didn't speak very well and had a past just like many of us, but God used him to deliver his people. Abigail, an ordinary woman that was unfortunately married to a raging fool of a husband, but God used her to bring about peace. David, an ordinary shepherd boy, shepherd boy that was often overlooked and forgotten about. God used him to become a great king for his people. Mary, we don't even know that much about Mary, an ordinary woman that became the mother of the Messiah. The disciples, fishermen and tax collectors, ordinary people that God used to change the world. People like me and people like you, ordinary people that God is using to do something great. Now let me help you understand, when I say ordinary, what I'm referring to is there's really nothing special to show off about ordinary people. When we say we're ordinary, we're saying there's really nothing to show you about myself. Peter had the opportunity. Remember what the religious leaders were questioning him on? They brought in Peter and John and they said, how did you do this? By what power or what, by what name did you do this? And Peter had a good opportunity here. He could have puffed up himself, puffed up himself. He could have said, well, I'm Peter. You know who I am, right? I'm the guy that walked on water. Have you done that before? I'm the guy that just preached to this huge crowd of people and 3,000 people changed their life because I preached. I'm a pretty big deal. This would have been the time to do that. But do you remember Peter's response? He says, verse 10, Then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of, not Peter and not John, not anyone else, it is by the name of Jesus Christ. He immediately points back to Jesus. Peter says, I'm an ordinary man that points to Jesus, that reflects everything back to Jesus. Peter and John actually do this again. If you go down to verse 20, it says, as for us, they're talking about themselves. As for us, Peter and John, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. They cannot help but speak about Jesus. It's not about them. It's always and only about Jesus. So in our lives, where does the finger point? Does it point to Jesus or does it point to us? Are we trying to highlight all that we are and all that we have done, all that we have accomplished? Or are we always reflecting Jesus and pointing back to him? Is your life a reflection of how awesome Jesus is or of how great you think you are? That stings a little bit, doesn't it? (laughs) That hurts. That's a hard question to wrestle with. Is your life a reflection of how awesome Jesus is? Or are we constantly trying to show others how great we think we are. As an ordinary person, we constantly reflect and point back to Jesus every single time. Now that doesn't mean there's something wrong with success and achievements and accomplishments. No, not at all. But I would ask, who's getting the credit for it? And who is getting the glory? So those three patterns that we see, the pattern of courage, of stepping up, The pattern of stepping out of our comfort zone and following Jesus wherever he leads us, even if we're not ready for it, not prepared for it, not trained for it. We constantly follow him, a pattern of leaving what's comfortable down the road of following Jesus no matter where it leads. And lastly, the pattern of of reflecting Jesus. 
always pointing back to him. And those three patterns that were evident in Peter and John's life made it obvious that they were followers of Jesus. That last part, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. These religious leaders, the elite of the elites, the high priests, the teachers of the law, they were astonished by them and took note that these men had been with Jesus. It was obvious that Peter and John had been with Jesus. The patterns of their life pointed to the proximity they had with Jesus. Their behaviors, their actions, their attitudes showed that they had been with Jesus. It was obvious. Is it obvious that you are close with Jesus? We have to answer that question personally. Is it obvious that I am with Jesus and close to him? Is it obvious that you are with Jesus and close to him? Sometimes we think, well, yes, people around me, the closest people to me know that I love Jesus. They see me go to church and I post scriptures on my Instagram every now and then. Here's a way to test that. Think of five random people in your life, not family members and not best friends. Five random people that do know you somewhat, would they say you are close to Jesus? Do your patterns, do your behaviors, does your life show your proximity to Jesus? Whether they like you or not, whether they're for you or not, whether they agree with you or not, is it evident and obvious that you are close to Jesus? Because the religious leaders didn't like Peter and John. They most certainly didn't agree with him. But they knew without a doubt, it was obvious that they were close to Jesus. Matthew chapter 5, Jesus gives us this pattern, these three patterns, kind of summarized up and uses a little bit of different language. Matthew 5 verse 14, Jesus says, You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. No, instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, that's what we are like. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. That last part, that we would live our lives so that others would see our good deeds, but not for our own status, not for our own achievement, not for our own glory, not for our own pats on the back, but so that God's name is known. So, so that our good deeds would be seen and that people would glorify God. That our lives would be a reflection of Him. I have a, a mirror with me, and there's nothing special about this mirror. It's a very ordinary mirror. And a mirror really just has one job, in fact, one purpose. It does one thing really, really well. It reflects. But here's the catch. It only reflects what it faces. So if I take this mirror and I, I have it facing me, it reflects me. If I, if I face it towards somebody else, well, it reflects that person. That's our role. That's our purpose as followers of Christ. If we are going to pattern our lives after Jesus because of how close we are to him, then we, we're like this mirror. That we're ordinary. There's nothing really that unique about us. We do one thing really well. We reflect Jesus. When people see us, do they really see who we're reflecting? When people look at us, like Matthew told, that we read in Matthew, that Jesus said that people see our good deeds, but they're actually seeing him. That our lives would be a glimpse of Jesus, that when they see us, they're actually seeing Jesus. So you start by getting the mirror aimed right. You start by facing it towards 
Jesus. That means moving your entire life towards Jesus. It's what Peter and John did in Luke chapter 5. They left everything and they followed Jesus. That says, Jesus, I'm not perfect, but I want to have my life aimed at you. I want to be facing you. We make him our Lord and our Savior. We accept that invitation to be with him. If you've never done that before, that's where you start. You say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. I'm not perfect, but I believe in you. I believe in what you did on the cross, taking my sins away. And I believe that you raised from the dead three days later. All the things that Peter and John were convinced of, they turned their life and faced it towards Jesus. You start there. And then we begin to take steps closer to Jesus. James tells us that when we come near to God, he will come near to us. So the rest of our life is doing just that. We take one step closer to him and then another step closer to him and he begins to move closer to us. And every step along the way, we do one thing well, we reflect Jesus. So may the patterns of our life prove our proximity. May the patterns of your life show, make it obvious that you're close to Jesus. Start by facing him and then begin to take steps towards him. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for what we can become when we follow you, for who we become when we are close to you. May we never underestimate and undervalue the importance, the power, the impact we have of just having a relationship with you. That when we say yes to you, like Peter and John, when we leave everything to follow you, it changes our entire life. And because of that, may that be obvious. If everything in our life has changed, then may people notice not to give us any accolades and not to achieve anything personally, but may people notice you. When people see us, may they really see you. May we be great at one thing, always and constantly reflecting you. In Jesus' name, amen.